Welcome to today's show, Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, passionate, inspirational speaker, author, poet, and entrepreneur. Good morning, and welcome to Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Today is Wednesday, November 8th. I want to give a big thank you and shout out to all of you listening around the world. I'm delighted and so grateful that you tuned in today. I sure hope you're enjoying a fabulous day and that you're having a fantastic week. Because you know what? In the grand song of the universe, life is so very precious and it's also very short. So I hope you're making a difference in your own life today because when you do, you also make a difference in somebody else's life. Now, a lot of folks want to make their life count for something. And they ask me, Dr. Gloria, how do you do that? Well, it's very simple, very simple. You make your life count day by day, step by step, moment by moment, Every single day, 365, 24-7. That's what Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count, is all about. Now, you can learn more about Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count, by visiting the Gloria Burgess website. That's G-L-O-R-I-A-B, B as in boy, U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. That's the Gloria Burgess website, G-L-O-R-I-A. B-U-R-G-E-S-S dot com or by visiting Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash D-R for Dr. D-R Gloria Burgess, P-H-D forward slash. Now today, I want to talk with you about leadership. One person's leadership journey and how she orchestrates incredible life-changing Leadership Journeys for Others. Now, you know if you're a regular listener, leadership is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. (laughs) My very special guest today is Danielle Harvey Stenson. Now, Danielle was also my guest last week. So, if you missed that broadcast, you want to be sure to listen to it. Last week, our focus was a conversation with Danielle about her journey to work-life balance. I know a lot of our listeners really enjoyed hearing from Danielle. I know you will, too. Now, she shared a little bit about her work and her amazing journey to the work she does now at the University of Southern California in her role as Assistant Vice President for Alumni Relations. Along the way, she shares many, many pearls of wisdom about how she thinks about and how to achieve work-life balance. So who is Danielle Harvey Stenson? Well, as I just mentioned, she's AVP of Alumni Relations at USC. And in addition to pursuing her career, she wears many other hats. Danielle is a mom. She has six children. (laughs) How cool is that? She's also a passionate, lifelong learner. She describes herself as someone who thrives, who flourishes on creativity. Now, to me, she's also a valued and trusted friend, and I'm blessed to count her as one of my amazing mentors. 
Now, if I had to describe Danielle in one word, I'd say encourager. Yes, encourager. If I had to say two words, <laughs> I'd also say she's very, very inspiring. Danielle is a leader who thinks outside the box, and she's one of the most humble leaders I know. She makes a difference in her own life and in the lives of many others throughout the world in her work at USC. Now, I met Danielle about almost 10 years ago now. She was searching for a keynote speaker for one of the alumni conferences at USC, the USC Women's Alumni Conference. And at that time, I was in the process of expanding my reach because I wanted to impact more leaders, and in particular, more women leaders. Well, when we met, I have to tell you, when I heard Danielle talk about her work at USC, she was absolutely passionate. Talk about love. <laughs> her enthusiasm was positively contagious. And I thought, yes, I'd love to work with this young woman who is truly on a mission, who is truly on fire about her work. Well, I'm also a USC alum, which made it a perfect match. Danielle has worked at USC for almost 14 years in alumni relations. She has a bachelor's degree in education from USC's Rossier School of Education, and she's currently pursuing an executive master's degree in leadership from USC's Price School of Public Policy. Now, as the AVP for alumni relations, Danielle and her team are responsible to and for about 400 thousand people, right? People all over the world. She and her team provide them with an array of incredible programs, services, and events throughout the year, year after year. I know one of the many events is the USC Women's Alumni Conference, which she'll tell you a lot more about today during my conversation with her. Now, as I just mentioned, Danielle is positively committed to making an impact on the world, and she has a particular interest in making an impact to empower women leaders to transform their world. Danielle says that, among others, her mother had an enormous impact on her life and has shaped her vision for her work and her life. During my conversation with Danielle, you'll hear more about her story. You'll also hear about some of the people and moments and events that shaped and formed Danielle into a person of influence. People and moments and events who have shaped and formed her as a leader, all with a particular focus of serving other leaders. Now, in many ways, in her outlook on life and in her work, Danielle pulls together the many threads of what my own life and work are all about. You've heard me talk about these threads and themes on this show, the themes of gratitude, authenticity, generosity, vulnerability, strength, passion, presence, hope, and possibility. We are truly blessed to have her as one of our honored guests on this program. Can I just tell you something? <laughs> Danielle and I had a fabulous conversation, and I'm so excited to have this amazing leader with us again today. This is going to be a marvelous show. You don't want to miss a single word of it. So grab your earbuds, 
put on your walking shoes, lace them up, or maybe you want to relax in your favorite chair. Grab yourself a, a cup of coffee or tea or a nice cool glass of water. You're going to want to take notes today. We're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. Now, before I jump into today's show, I just want to take a moment to welcome you if you're just joining us. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria. This is Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'd like to extend a special welcome to those of you who are joining my show or if you're joining Talk Network Radio for the very first time. You're in for a special treat. I'm excited to have you listening today, and I'm deeply honored that you've allowed me to be part of your day so you can be inspired by ideas and resources to make your life count. Today's program is all about giving back. One Leader's Journey, and how she orchestrates those leadership journeys for others. Danielle, I would love to hear about the scope of the networks that you support across USC. I know you're responsible for various programs and services and events for a huge population. Uh, and I'd also like to focus in on the Women's Conference because that's, that's how you and I first connected. And I'd also like to give you some time to maybe share about that conference and maybe promote it a little bit as well through the, through the program. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you. I can speak about the Women's Conference ad nauseum, uh, nonstop. <laughs> if this were a telethon, you you wouldn't need to book any other speakers. Uh, so I'll, I'll <laughs> so I'll start with the the different networks that we have, and then go into the Women's Conference. So just to refresh, I guess my my answer from before about some of the different programs that I'm on, and our approach to alumni engagement here at USC, it's very important for the university to maintain that connection. So we have things that we call the Trojan family, and that's really the alumni, the parents, the students, the whole gamut of anyone connected to or tied to USC. And specifically, we also say around here, you may be a student for four, five plus years, but you're an alum and a Trojan for life. And at USC, I will say that is one of the things that convinced me to come and be a student here at USC. And I was deciding between other universities. But when I got to see that Trojan family and that Trojan connection up close and personal, I was blown away and said, yes, sign me up right now. So now as the person responsible for maintaining that connection and hoping to cultivate that connection, we're approaching engagement in an alumni-centric approach. So that means, as I shared a little bit earlier, we're trying to find ways that alumni will feel connected to the university in a way that is personal and meaningful for them. So for some people, if they are very connected through their industry or their profession that they've chosen, we have built networks around that. And right now we have uh, four of those, entertainment, real estate, education, and entrepreneurship. 
And the wonderful thing about the networks is it doesn't matter what your major was when you were a student. So you could have majored in law as a graduate student. You could have majored in political science as an undergraduate student. You could have majored in something like writing or directing in the School of Cinematic Arts. But now, whatever profession you're in, let's say you're in real estate. So, you know, we hear all the time, I'm working in a field that I didn't major in, or I majored in one thing, now I'm working in another. I'm one of those people. I majored in education, but now I'm working in alumni relations, which is essentially public relations or communications, et cetera. So these networks are allowing alumni to break down those barriers or those silos that we have because perhaps let's say you went through the Marshall School of Business or the Annenberg School of Communication, whatever your where you started, it well, I should say it this way. It doesn't matter where you started, it just matters what you care about and what you're doing right now. So with those networks, we've had them, I want to say for about three or four years now. Um, and each one has started at, at different degrees. But we're starting to see alumni who graduated 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago never had a connection to the university before, except, you know, they'll get together and watch a game with some of their classmates. But now they're coming back and going, oh, this is of interest to me. This is of value to me. The speakers that we bring together or just the opportunity to network with other Trojans in that field has been very valuable to them. Uh, very similarly, we're also looking at that lens, not just with professions, but also what are some topics or, or programs that are, uh, or shared interests is how we talk about them, um, that are of interest. And that includes our age-based program. So let's say you're under the age of 35 and you need career advice. Well, the career advice we give at an alum who's under the age of 35 versus the career advice we would give to an alum who's over the age of 50 is very different. So we also look at where are you in your lifespan and how can we curtail or make our programming specific to those needs. It's been very important. And now to segue over to the Women's Conference, we have been for many, many years looking at alumni identity. So we have our traditional Asian Pacific alumni, black alumni, Latino alumni association, and our Lambda LGBT alumni associations that have boards, our full-blown alumni associations, uh, they have advisory councils, they do galas, they do scholarship fundraising, and then they also award scholarships from those organizations. Similarly, we have women's groups that falls sort of under this category, as well as our alumni veterans network that falls under this category. And with our women, there has been so much talk and so much emphasis on feminine-based or feminine quality leadership, also needs and interests of women, how can we speak directly to them. And uh, this has been very important for the university and the Alumni Association because just within the last, I want to say 10 to 15 years, what used to be a very small percentage of our student body has now become the small majority of our student body. So our women's student body is just over 51%, and our alumni base is mirroring that now as well. So that's really exciting and also a reason for us to 
carve out our programs and really speak to this audience in a way that hasn't been done in a number of years. Well, thank you. That demographic, it sounds like, I mean, obviously you're in this uh, business, so, uh, but my sense from all the, all the reading that I, that I do is that demographic is just going to keep trending upwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I know that you're planning your 10th anniversary conference for next March, March 2018. And as I mentioned earlier, you and I actually met through the Women's Conference. So you had invited me to speak there about seven years ago. And uh, I'm just wondering if you can tell us why you think that there is such a, a power in these programs, Danielle, and such a hunger for them as well. Yes, you know, that is that is a great question. And uh, I wish I had a short answer for it. I think that as women, there is so much power that gets created. And again, I'm a creative person, so I'm all about this. Um, when we're all in a room together, and Gloria, if I could, and you would have to correct me on this quote, but one of the first sentences that you ever shared with us in this setting at the women's conference was that 21st century women are one of the most powerful forces on the planet. And I'm paraphrasing, so you'll have to correct me uh, if I didn't get that quite right. But those words and that sentiment really stuck with me because as we are looking at movement, as we are looking at the shift that's happening, you know, definitely within our country, within politics, within leadership, within business, People are paying attention to what is that powerful source. Are we sourcing it correctly? Are we channeling it to our fullest potential and to our fullest benefit? And then are we paying attention to it in a way that allows us all to become better? Again, I think it just goes to, to being the human race. Are we, are we maximizing our fullest potential? And, and I think the answers, and people believe, not just me, the answer is within, you know, that feminine quality, force, all of that. So I, I personally can't possibly put that, I think, in, into words, but just my own feeling is there is something there that we all need to pay attention to. Absolutely, and I think you actually did a beautiful job of summing that up. I mean, we could we could probably spend the whole program just talking about that one question, Danielle, so thank you for your summary. You know, I was um, in Nigeria last fall, uh, mm-hmm. and I had a wonderful opportunity to spend about maybe a half a day with a gal who uh, has organized a, an international women's conference and. She was on the cusp of celebrating her 20th year, and one of the things that she talked about, I mean, she was kind of, you know, we talked about it. She was also brainstorming about, like, what would be the the best theme or topic or way to kind of just galvanize and pull things together for this 20th anniversary. And, uh, you know, one of the things she talked about was what you pointed out, and that's that feminine quality. Okay, the feminine quality of leadership. And there's something that we have as women that we we can't afford to give up. 
Uh, I know over the years that I've been in in the business sector, in, in particular in education as well, a lot of women they wanna they wanna go along to get along, and they wanna give up some of the qualities that they have, particularly you know, so that they fit in with the men. And I'm going like, no, no, <laughs> there is such um, uh, diversity that we can offer. When we put ourselves at the table, bringing those feminine qualities, those feminine attributes that will be missing if we don't bring them to the table. And so, Danielle, I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about how do you come up with with your amazing themes for the the various conferences? I mean, to me, they kind of build over the arc of the 10 years that you've had your signature uh, impress on them. And so I'm just wondering if you could talk with us a little bit about, so how do you do that? Thank you. That is uh, a question that, again, I I could speak endlessly about it. But I will say that, uh, and and this might be a little too spiritual for some people. So forgive me if you are a, a person who is in your head. I'm going to go into my heart for a second. Oh, go there, uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> so this conference is very near and dear to my heart in a way that for me, if I did not get paid to do it, to produce it year over year, I would still do it. This is a what I call a passion project. And so I never approach it. To this point, I have not approached it as just something else on my to-do list. So when I am preparing for it, when I am thinking about what are we going to talk about at the conference, what's the conversation at the conference this year, I am doing that from listening, from having conversations with people that I trust, like you, Gloria, we've done that a number of years. Um, and then also just paying attention to what women that I work with, I admire, women that I myself don't understand, but I want to know more about. And when I tune into all of those things, then the conference reveals itself to me. So I know I said I'm creative. But this is not something that I feel that I can really take credit for creating. I think it's something that just happens when I allow it to flow in the way that it is going to flow. So I always say I just get out of the way and let the you know and let the good work happen. Um, and and I think you know other creative souls would actually describe their process very similar. You know, songwriters or or poetry. I think this is something that is that can be uh described in a similar way. It 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 happens and it's just my job to to be in tune and to listen for and then to bring all those wonderful things together. Yes. I I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> I totally get it. And uh yeah, thank you. And you have to be open and have that sense that you talked about earlier, Daniel, that sense of curiosity and discovery and being an open vessel so that the ideas can flow in and come through you. Absolutely. I, you know, it's funny. I will have conversations with 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 anyone because I never know where the inspiration is going to come from. In fact, I was having a 
conversation with a fundraiser of all people, right? We we typically don't see them as being inspirational, but I was inspired by something a fundraiser said in a conversation that we were just kind of spinning ideas around, or she actually called me and said, hey, I want to share a few things with you. Do you have time? And I said, absolutely, I will make time. And she was she was talking, and I was listening. And I, and I let me be honest, sometimes I have to tell myself to put aside my judgment, right? So when you're listening, listening is a very – It has to be active, and sometimes what we end up doing is waiting for our turn to respond, right, waiting for, you know, now you're going to say something, I'm going to say something. So I have to sometimes tell myself to shut off and listen and just, to your point, be open and receive the information without judging. That is a very tough thing to do. But as long as uh, we practice it, it's something that we can get better at. And it's even something, going back to just working with my staff, it's something that I've had to even do with my staff, people that I'm supervising. I have to receive their information, take in their information, and reserve judgment, put it, put it all to the side and, and listen to what they're really saying. Um, and, again, there are days when I am worse at it than I should be and better at it than I'm that I'm surprised by. So in this particular uh case, going back to the women's conference, it it is important to to be inquisitive, to be open and to receive the information until we're ready to pull it all together and then come out with a plan. Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, I I don't know what your office looks like, but I imagine it as a studio, you know, kind of like a little artist's atelier where you uh, have these ideas just kind of flowing and and going and going through you all the time. It seems like. Yeah, I wish it was like that. Now you're giving me inspiration. I think I may actually uh, move some things around so I can create that. Uh, that sounds cool. Okay. Well, I heard you talk about the conference, and you use these words, passion project, and uh, I know you just spoke to that, Danielle, but is there anything more that you want to say about that in terms of why this is your why yeah. this is your passion project? Absolutely. Um, I, again, in full disclosure, I was raised by a single mom who mm-hmm. uh, was also a creative soul who worked so, so hard. Um, sometimes for not a whole lot, and that really affected me as a as a young person watching that. And I always wanted things to not be so hard for my mother. And so when I work on the women's conference, I'm usually thinking about what are those things that are going to make life not so hard for the women who are out here just trying to make a way, you know, be it, you know, and not everyone's life is hard. I get that. So it's not always about the struggle. But sometimes it is just about bringing women together so they can say, oh, are you also going through that? Well, I am going through that. You know, sometimes it's just an aha moment. Sometimes this is just a, you know, a feel-good moment. And there are women who come and it's a great day to dress up and see their friends, and, and life is great for them and great. I'm glad they come and I'm glad they have a good time. There are other women who are coming to this conference and looking for tools, tools to land their next job, tools to balance their financial matters and to manage and lead their financial matters so they can have 
better lives, easier lives, whatever is of interest to them. So I think, again, to answer your question, uh, Gloria, this is such a passion project for me because as women, we should be empowering one another and um, we should be helping each other to find answers. Sometimes it's just, where do I go for this? There are women who are trying to answer questions, and I hope that at this conference those questions can, can be answered. I don't know if I answered your question. Speaking of answering questions, did I answer your question? That's, that's a great answer. As you, were, as you were talking, I was just sitting here thinking, I'm a USC alum, too, and I remember, you know, I, I got two degrees there, Danielle, and uh, I remember that USC attracts people from all walks of life. There's some people who are very well off in terms of financial means, and there's some people who are just struggling, you know, and they're just barely making it. There are a lot of first-generation uh, students there, and I was just sitting here smiling just because your motivation for for what you do and having your mom as the inspiration, I think, reaches so many women across that spectrum of life circumstances, and it touches their hearts. Uh, it touches them where they need to be. I think you meet people where they where they are. And I was just sitting here just, just glowing because I'm so glad that you're in this very influential position at USC and can impact the lives of so many, I'm going to say women, in particular for this conference, but also just alums in general, men and women across the board. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know we're getting close to the to the hour, and I know you're a very busy a woman. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to be respectful of your time. Danielle, is there anything that you want to tell us about your 10th annual conference, your vision for it, or are there other things that you wish we would have talked about that you haven't gotten a chance to address yet? Thank you, Gloria. The opportunity to talk with you again today has just been uh, so surreal for me because I still am looking up to so many people that I admire. So as I shared with you, I can't imagine anyone who would, <laughs> would say, hey, Danielle, we want to hear from you. So I thank you for this opportunity. Um, but as we wrap up, I think the the biggest thing for the 10th annual USC Women's Conference that I just would want to share is that it is happening over three days. Um, we are remixing our format. Uh, so if anyone is familiar with uh, the conference in the past, it's always been usually uh, one day. Uh, that starts in the morning with a huge program with everyone together in our main auditorium. Uh, we then go into breakout sessions. Then we have a lunch all together under a big pretty tent. And then we come back for a closing session with a keynote or a panel and then networking over cocktails in the afternoon. And that formula has worked very, very well for us. We continue to to receive a lot of great feedback on that program. Um, with the 10th annual, I feel that we have this wonderful and unique opportunity that we want to capitalize on. And so we're looking at creating an experience that, as I shared, would go across the three days, starting with a Thursday night VIP 
networking session. That would include all of our speakers from the conference who are able to join us and then other high-profile alumni women, USC women, parents, and some students. Uh, the Friday, March 23rd, would look a lot like our conference of today. And then on Saturday, that's the opportunity that I'm very, very excited about. Saturday, we believe, will draw out, hopefully, audiences that we haven't really been able to capture as deeply as we've wanted. So that includes younger professional women who probably don't have the license to take off from work uh, the way that some of our more established women do. Uh, so that's a population that we want to see grow. Also, we have, over the years, received a lot of inquiries from women and some fathers who have wanted to bring their school-age daughters to the conference. And oh. the programming, and with it being, you know, on a school day, we just could not in good conscience say, yes, bring your 10-year-old or 12-year-old or 17-year-old for that fact. And so now we're looking at doing some specific programming so that mothers can bring their daughters, and, and if fathers want to bring their daughters as well or send their daughters, they can, uh, because we'll have some programming that will speak to that age demographic. And so we're really, really excited about that. And then finally, the last piece of uh, the Saturday that is new for us, we have received over the years many inquiries from alumni and alumni, women in particular, who have businesses that have told us, hey, I can't be one of your sponsors at you know one of the sponsorship levels, but I would love to just have a table or an exhibit at the conference. And so from that feedback, we are creating an expo this year where Trojan-owned businesses, particularly women-owned businesses, will be able to participate. Um, if you're an author and you want to sell and sign your book, if you're a small business owner and you um, have a, a service to offer, you'll be able to display your company. And uh, we're hoping that both students who fall in that category, because we do have some very entrepreneurial students here at USC now, uh, you'll be able to participate as well as our parents and as I already shared, our alumni. So we're looking at really getting new audience members who haven't been able to participate in the past and be a part of this big celebration. Yeah, I love it. I love that you're remixing the format. I love your language for that. And it sounds like that Saturday format is really going to help you tap into a whole new demographic and possibly even new programming opportunities, it sounds like. Absolutely, yes. We're really, really thrilled about it. So and more information will be coming out uh, by December, definitely by January. And to your point, yes, Gloria, we want people who have not been able to participate before to come out and have a reason to come out. Or if they participated in the early years and haven't been back, we want to see them back. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. Is it okay to share your personal contact information? How would you like for people to know more about the conference, number one? And uh, I, I see that there's a, a conference address here on my notes, but is there also a way that you maybe could welcome people to be in touch with you personally as well? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if anyone has any questions about the conference, they can definitely go to our website, womensconference.usc.edu. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, which is at USC Women's Conference. 
And then just for me personally, if anyone ever has any questions or if there are any Trojans listening, hey, fight on, uh, you can always contact me here at the Alumni Association. My uh, email is harveyd at USC. Edu. And then also, I don't do a lot on Twitter. I do more on Instagram, but both of my handles are at Danny Eliza Harvey, which is a combination of my first name, middle name, and last name. Hey, great. <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Danielle, for all that you're doing for uh, University of Southern California. Fight on, yes. <laughs> and uh, all that you have shared with our listeners today. We have listeners all over the planet, and I know that you're going to add a lot of value to them and inspire them. So thank you again for being my guest. And sadly, I have to say goodbye, but I would love to have you back another time, maybe sometime in 2018 when you're not so busy. Absolutely. I'd love to do it. And thank you so, so much, Gloria, for the opportunity. Fight on to all my Trojans and love you so much. I can't tell you enough. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day. Wow. Great conversation. Thanks again to Danielle Harvey Stinson for being my guest. If you'd like to learn more about Danielle's work, or as she mentioned during today's conversation, if you want to contact her directly about programming or services that she offers through USC, you can reach out to her directly via this email address. That's Harvey. H-A-R-V-E-Y-D, Harvey D, at USC dot E-D-U. Or on Instagram or Twitter, you can find Danielle using the at sign Danielle Liza Harvey. Let me spell it out. D-A-N-I-E-L-I-Z-A. H-A-R-V-E-Y. That's her first and middle name kind of smushed together with her last name, okay? So if you'd like to learn more about the USC Women's Conference, go to the website. That's womensconference.usc.edu, or you can get updates via Facebook and Instagram. Use the at sign and then just USC Women's Conference. And I asked Danielle specifically, I said, now, can non-alumni go to this conference? And she said, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) And the answer is yes. So, again, you don't have to be uh, an alumni to attend the conference or to follow the updates. Now, if you missed any part of this week's program, you can listen to the podcast right here on Talk Network Radio, or you can also catch us on iTunes or Android Alexa the Android Alexa. All right. Now, before I before I close today's show, I just want to give a shout-out to all of the vets out there, okay, all of our veterans. Thank you for all you are and do for our country. We honor you and we salute you for your leadership and the many, many sacrifices that you make for us and your family. Now, I also want to give a very special shout-out to one of the veterans in my own family, and that's to my father-in-law, Dale. He is in his mid-90s, and Dale, (laughs) my father-in-law, is a veteran of World War II. Yes, indeed. (laughs) He's one of the few vets who are still with us today, and he still attends his Air Force reunions. How cool is that? 
I know when Danielle mentioned her mom as one of the many people who influenced her as a leader, she got me to thinking about, you know, some of the folks who've influenced me. And one of those people is my father-in-law, Dale. He's a humble, generous, gracious, and very kind person. And I'd say he's a real gentleman. I know we don't hear that term too much anymore, which is too bad, isn't it? (laughs) But he is a real wonderful, wonderful person and a gentleman. So who are some of the leaders in your life? Who are the people who've encouraged you, who've lifted you up, who've inspired you, who've influenced you? Who poured life into you when you were young? Or who's pouring life into you now as an adult? I want to know. What are the important qualities to you in a leader? I mean, we all want our leaders to be inspiring, right? We're like moths that are drawn to a flame. We're naturally drawn to people who inspire us. But you know something? Before leaders, or anyone else for that matter, can inspire others, they must first be inspired. Now, how many of you know that inspire comes from the word inspirare? which means to breathe into or upon. And to become inspired, we must be infused with life, infused with life from a force outside of ourselves. Now, how does that happen? Well, that sounds like another show. (laughs) Maybe I'll actually do a podcast on inspiration sometime. For now, let me just say that when we are infused with inspiration, something actually shifts, it moves, it changes inside of us. Some would say that that magic happens. I say that the impact might be magical, but there is nothing magical about it. It really is about being open, being an open channel, a conduit for the divine, a channel for God to breathe into us. Picasso speaks about this. Beethoven also. Michelangelo. And so many other artists speak about this. On a recent trip to Tuscany, which, by the way, my guest Danielle had a hand in making that trip happen as part of her uh, role with alumni relations at USC, uh, on that trip to Tuscany, I was part of a USC women's alumni group and their friends, right? So anyway, on that trip, I had the great fortune to once again witness Michelangelo's artistry. I remember standing at the base of his magnificent sculpture of David. I was positively transfixed, and I was transported to another realm, another place. Now, you have to realize that this sculpture of David is of David as a young man. But this young man, this youth, is about to duke it out with the mighty giant Goliath. This amazing statue of David is 14 and a half feet tall. <laughs> That's the height of a two-story building. And that doesn't even include the base. Okay, which is about three feet high. So we're really talking about a statue that's about two and a half stories tall. So I'm standing there at the base, at the foot of the statue, right? And I'm in heaven. I'm just positively transported. 
Forget about the bees' nests, the dozens of other people buzzing around me. I mean, tons of folks were there, just like me, to admire this absolutely astounding work of art. They're shooting videos and posing for selfies. I mean, you get the picture, right? <laughs> In the midst of this sea, this sea of humanity, I had this amazing epiphany, this wonderful aha. And I realized at that moment that the task of the artist and the task of the leader is actually one and the same thing. And just what is that? <laughs> I thought you'd never ask, right? So the task is to release our resistance, to release our resistance, which means to simply surrender, to surrender to what wants to be born in us and through us. To simply surrender to what wants to be born in and through our marriages, our relationships with our kids, our friendships, our communities, in and through our teams at work and in our organizations. Now, Danielle spoke about her creativity in her own work. Wow. I mean, you know, creativity is such a powerful force. If we let it, if we surrender to it, creativity can actually be a, a powerful and an amazing ally. If we just open our hearts and minds and souls. Creativity can be an ally, a resource to help guide and support us in how we live and in how we lead at home, at work, and in any area of our lives, every single day, 365, 24-7. Now, why is that? Well, because how you live is how you lead. In fact, how we live is how we really show up in every aspect of our lives. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Now, if you happen to miss any part of this week's broadcast or if you missed last week's show, you can listen to the program at your convenience. You can even listen to it on the go, right? Check us out at www.talknetworkradio.com forward slash legacy living. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-L-I-V-I-N-G www.talknetworkradio.com forward slash Legacy Living. Catch us there or on iTunes or on the Android Alexa. Before I close today, I want to thank each of you for tuning in to today's show, for allowing me to share a bit of my journey with what Legacy Living is all about. Not just living and learning, but living and learning and serving so that you make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. It's about being on purpose every single day, 365, 24-7. Legacy living is one of the many ways to make your life count. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me for today's show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this has been Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. 
Please join me again next week right here on Talk Network Radio for another show of Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. We're here again next Wednesday, 10 a.m., right here, Talk Network Radio. Don't just count the days in your life. Don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Have a fantastic day. And remember, make the days in your life count. God bless you. That's our show today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what Legacy Living is all about. Here's to you. Have a fantastic day. Be sure to make it a yes kind of day. And remember, celebrate. Celebrate the music of your life. Make the days in your life